Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host. Mike Angolano and joining me as always, and as it traditionally has been, Aaron Johnson. Aaron, how are, how are you doing, buddy? We're throwing it back, Mike. I mean, this is this is the, yep. the the duo that that started the podcast. I mean, however many years ago it was now. I mean, what six, seven years ago ish? But yeah, yeah, we don't we don't have to get into specifics of how long. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, no, it's, it's good to be here. Uh, we were talking about love the air, you know, the weather's nice right now. Beautiful day. That always gets you going a little bit just after being, you know, especially you and I, Michigan and Ohio, two States that tend to get the, the harshest part of winter, uh, with all the snow and cold weather. So it was nice, you know, both of us were talking about that 60 plus degree weather and how nice that is. So I got a little bit of extra juice in me today to, to talk about the Pistons and, I uh, got a couple of good topics to talk about, so looking forward to, to getting into that. And uh, we miss Jasper, but uh, hopefully we'll have him back next week. Yes, and you had mentioned the perfect time of year, and that would be March Madness, and that would be the Masters, and baseball decided to be good sports and figure out their labor disputes, and baseball's back. It's been a really weird time with baseball free agency and NFL free agency happening at the same time. It's been a, a very weird double barrel action of uh, news constantly hitting. So it's a really nice time of year. Baseball, the Masters, of course, and March Madness. And that brings us into our sponsor for today, which is Bound Line. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home a top prize. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first d- deposit using promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games. Again, head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code BLEAV. BetOnline, where the game starts. We will get into March Madness a little bit later, and I'm having a particularly difficult time with with some matchups in my bracket. I feel like it's a really chalky bracket, and I don't know if I'm just missing something, but we, we can get into that later. Um, our first topic for today is uh, some potential interest from the Pistons and Mitchell Robinson. According to Newsday, the Pistons are among teams who are interested in Robinson, who's going to be a free agent this summer. A few other teams uh, have also shown interest in Robinson, and there's been a few other reports throughout the year that Detroit is interested in Mitchell Robinson. Um, there was some speculation that they would pursue him at the deadline. 
uh, which obviously didn't come to fruition. They instead got Marvin Bagley for probably considerably cheaper. Um, so Aaron, is, is Robinson a good target for the Pistons this summer? We've talked a lot about not having a rim runner, not having a rim protector. Um, is Mitchell Robinson, who has dealt with a lot of injuries on the New York Knicks, is, is he a good target for the Pistons? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of fits the mold of, of what Detroit needs going into the offseason. You know, I, I've talked about it before, and I think Jasper is on the same page. I'm, I don't know quite how you feel, but I view Isaiah Stewart long-term as, as a bench energy big. And I think he's a good guy to have coming off the bench, could start if necessary, you know. So in theory with a guy like Robinson, he has missed – you know, handfuls of games last year, he spent a lot of the season injured this year. He's missed six games. And then his first two seasons in the league, he missed, you know, around 15, 20 games each, each year. So injuries are definitely a bit of a concern with him, but he has been pretty healthy this year. But again, in theory, if he was, you know, had to miss a game here or there, Isaiah Stewart's a guy that comes in and can start, but I think his best role long-term is for him to be an energy big off the bench. And so that does mean the Pistons do need a starting five and, I think Mitchell Robinson is is a really nice young player right now. He's shining with with the New York Knicks. He's had, I, I believe, five double doubles in his last six games. Uh, he's playing really good basketball. He's seven plus feet tall. He is super super athletic. Jumps out of the gym. Defends the rim. Uh, he is exactly the type of player that the Pistons should be looking at in free agency. Now he will be an unrestricted, or excuse me, he will be a restricted free agent uh, in July. So I, I do think that it's going to be an interesting situation with him because he's the type of, of player that's going to have a lot of different teams interested in him, but I'm sure the Knicks are also going to want to keep him and he's a restricted free agent. So, you know, does Detroit, who's one of the teams that has the most cap space available uh, this offseason, do they become you know, what was it, the 2016 Brooklyn Nets who just are throwing pretty sizable uh, contract sheets at, a, yep. at numerous restricted free agents, you know, become a team that that takes a takes a big gamble and, and offers Robinson, you know, 10, 15, 20 million more dollars overall uh, compared to what other teams have offered or to what the Knicks are willing to pay him. Uh, do they buy into, do they believe in Mitchell Robinson that much? I think that that's definitely um, a question that, I'm looking at, and you know, I don't know if I'd want to overpay on a guy like Mitchell Robinson. Uh, the Pistons do have Marvin Bagley as well, who they've been using at the center spot, uh, and he is another athletic, springy type big. And we've seen him really shine in his short time with Detroit. I think it's only been uh, nine or ten games that he's played in so far, but he's looked very, very good with the Pistons. And then they still do have Kelly Olynyk under contract. He's under contract next season, and then. There's a team option for the year after that. And uh, the Pistons are going to have to make a decision on Bagley uh, this upcoming offseason because he'll be a free agent. So, um, you know, I don't know how much cap space Detroit's going to want to spend. Uh, I would imagine they're going to want to keep Marvin Bagley considering the way he's been playing. But if they do, I'm not sure, you know, do they also want to spend on another center in Mitchell Robinson when they still have Stewart under contract and the Linux and that they bring back Bagley. Uh, but Robinson would be a good piece. And if the Pistons, you know, for some reason decided or were able to trade Kelly Olenek or decided that they uh, don't want to retain Marvin Bagley, uh, Mitchell Robinson's definitely a guy that I could see them and them going after. Uh, he just, he is 
a type of player that would succeed on the Pistons and, and would, would definitely help this team. But I don't know if he is going to be a Detroit Piston, despite all of the different reports we've really had throughout the year about Detroit's reported interest. I, I think you hit on an important point, and that's the other players that are in the realm of position alongside Mitchell Robinson, Kelly Olenek, Isaiah Stewart, um, were, were the two or three along with Marvin Bagley. Um, and, I, and I agree, I think the Pistons are going to keep him. Um, at what number, I, I don't know, but I don't think they would have traded for him um, and only, only worked with him for really like a third of the season, maybe less, like a quarter of the season, and then said, never mind, we don't want him. Um, so I feel like they're going to keep him. Isaiah Stewart's obviously part of the future. Kelly Olenek, they signed. So you have some dollars allocated to him already. And you're looking at another kind of big in the draft as well, um, pending where you end up in the lottery. But, you know, you're looking at a lot of bigs. And, yeah, some of those can play the four. And I agree with both you and Jasper. I think Isaiah Stewart's best suited as a high-energy bench guy, um, which we've seen he can excel at. Yeah, I'm lukewarm on Mitchell Robinson. Um, I think, I mean, he's obviously a good player, but – with free agency being a little bit uh, not, you know, not quite as um, lethal in terms of high-end players as it usually is or could be, you know, you might see some teams offering very high offers, like you had mentioned, going the 2016 Brooklyn Nets route and just trying to, you know, gouge the the Knicks. Um, so they could do that, but I mean, I'm I'm lukewarm on them. I think you're going to end up with a lot of bigs, and you know, obviously you should draft best player available regardless and, you know, not sign Mitchell Robinson and then determine you don't need a center. I don't think that's how it should be. You should be going for best player available. Um, but with a glut of bigs and you can move them around, but you know, the value of Kenny of Kelly Olynyk has been shown being able to stretch the floor a bit, Marvin Bagley being an offensive weapon. I Stewart being a high energy guy, I think you're, I think you're okay for the most part. I mean, and I'm not sure what kind of number Mitchell Robinson is looking at either. I mean, if there's a lot of teams interested in him, I feel like there would be in a 23 year old, almost a 24 year old seven footer, um, you may be competing and I don't want to see the Pistons competing and upping the ante consistently to, you know, to try to price match with other teams. Um, I don't think that they should be going to that extent for him, but he's an interesting player. He's, very athletic, which they definitely need at the center position. Um, and they need a rim protector. And the defense for him has been a little bit – the plus-minus is really is really wonky because the Knicks have been really bad this year. But, you know, the defense has not been as good with him on the floor this year as it was last year. And the year before that, in 1920, he was much better um, than it was in 1819. So I'm lukewarm on Mitchell Robinson. I definitely believe the interest, the Pistons are one of the few teams that are going to have cap space uh, to burn. I, I don't want to burn it on necessarily a player for the sake of burning it, but Mitchell Robinson definitely is a more appealing than some other older guys. I mean, he's in, you know, he fits your wheelhouse at almost 24 years old. And, you know, he does theoretically fit a need as a rim protector. So the Pistons should definitely be poking around for sure. Yeah, I mean, if they can get him at the right price, um, obviously I think it makes a lot of sense. I just 
I, again, I keep coming back to the more that I think about it, you know, they have three guys that play center that are going to be on the team next year if they re-sign Bagley. And I just don't know where Robinson fits in or if it makes sense for Detroit to spend cap space on him, if that's the case. Now, you know, I know Linick and Bagley can both in theory play the four, but the Pistons have Jeremy Grant at the four spot. Some of these top prospects in the draft play the four spot. So, you know, I, I think that, whatever happens in the NBA draft is also going to dictate what the Detroit, where Detroit looks in free agency. I mean, if they end up with one of these, these top three picks and end up with a chat Apollo or a Jabari, and it's another, you know, four kind of, if you're chat a four or five, if you're Jabari or Apollo, a three, four, you know, is Detroit looking to add another big to the rotation or are they looking for more guard help? And then, you know, if they end up with someone like Jaden Ivy or Ben Matherin, are they looking? Are they then looking for another big? And uh, you know, so I think the draft is going to dictate a lot of 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 Detroit's mindset in free agency. Um, and I think the Pistons also have some other areas that they they do need to figure out. I think they definitely need uh, to kind of overhaul the the guard the point guard spot if they're going to play Kate Cunningham at the two. Then they really need to figure out where they're going at the point guard spot. They need to find a guy. Uh, to play alongside him long-term. And, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily possible in free agency, but they're going to be looking for help there. Uh, I don't think there's a question about that. And then they still need more more depth on on the wing behind Sadiq Bey and Jeremy Grant. You know, they they are they have Hamadou Diallo. Frank Jackson is a team option. Um, you know, will they trust Isaiah Livers enough? I know we talked about him a little bit last week, and he's continued to play well since entering the rotation. But everybody needs three and D wings in the NBA nowadays and the Pistons need more shooting. So that's absolutely going to be a target for them. I just think, you know, when it comes down to it, as of now, I'm expecting the Pistons to re-sign Marvin Bagley to figure it out with him. And if they do, I just don't know if that means they need to go get a uh, Mitchell Robinson, you know, I, and that doesn't mean they can't go get another center. Uh, I just, I feel like Robinson's market, you know, around, 10, $12 million. Let's just theoretically put it there. It could be higher and maybe it's lower, but in theory, if it's around 10 to $12 million a year, do the Pistons want to put that, that money into him uh, instead of maybe going after someone that they can get cheaper, like a Dwayne Deadman or, um, you know, I, I don't know other names that are going to be on the market. Like there's someone like Nas Reed. Uh, well, he's a team option, so he probably won't be available, but the bottom line is, are they going to want to spend 10 to $12 million on another center when they already are paying three bigs right now? I mean, Bagley's probably going to get a, a handful of money and Olenek's under contract for around $13 million a year. So I'm just not sure Robinson is, is necessarily the the going to be the guy for Detroit and free agency, although he is a good player and he should have plenty of teams interested in him. Yeah, he definitely will. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think there are other needs that are more pressing. The Pistons need shooting. They need offensive help. They need shooting. And Mitchell Robinson's obviously not going to give you that. I would prioritize shooting first, and especially if you're looking at a big in the draft. Um, you know, obviously, you have to make sure that that you know that that young prospect, whoever it is, is also inflated with vets. But I think that's already kind of handled with Grant and with Kelly Olynyk. I think we're good there. Um, you had touched on it. They. They have other needs. Uh, shooting is definitely one of them. They need a shooter. They need to figure out what they're going to do at the two guard. 
because obviously Caden and Killian is not, not looking like that's going to be the pairing. So they need a shooter uh, for sure to take at, at the, at the bare minimum to take some pressure off of Cade and Sadiq Bay is, you know, showing glimpses of being able to do that, but you need more. Um, it's a lot like starting pitching in major league baseball. When you think you have enough, you need to get more. Well, the Pistons don't have anywhere near enough already. So they need to be bulking up. Um, but they should be poking around just to see um, what Mitchell Robinson's um, market is. I think you hit on another important uh, part, and I agree. I think looking at backup bigs at a lower cost, um, probably a better idea. Um, to, you might start to get diminishing returns at Mitchell Robinson at, at a certain price compared to what you could be getting, you know, like a Dwayne Dedman, um, a guy like that, uh, Naz Reed as well. Although like, like you said, he does have a player option. So he's probably not going away from Minnesota, but I like that line of thinking a little bit more getting another backup big that's lower cost, maybe another vet. If you end up drafting a big, that's fine. Um, and then focusing your free agency dollars on getting a scorer. Um, I think that would pay, pay greater dividends in the long run for sure. So speaking of scores, um, Jeremy Grant has been having a better time, let's just say, post-All-Star break. Uh, while most of his stats have remained pretty consistent, um, he, has a, a, he has a net rating that's much more palpable. Um, his role has been a little bit different in this offense. <clears throat> and his play has personally and we talked about this last week and I think the week before it's started to um, prove your point correctly that they should have stuck with him. Um, I think he can carve out a role on this team as the clear, not number one option uh, as the number two option. And really he probably ideally as a three uh, option, but he's been playing much better as of late. His net rating was a minus seven pre all-star break. It's improved quote unquote, to a minus 1.2 and again net rating is very difficult to gauge on bad teams because the team is in total is bad so of course the net rating is going to be um is going to be lower but he's been having some uh success and you were the champion of keeping jeremy grant don't trade him just for the sake of trading him um this this play has uh instilled some more confidence in me that you're going to keep him into the off season and hopefully the next season right yeah, well, he's eligible this this summer for a four year, hundred twelve million dollar contract extension. Uh, so, you know, if, if the Pistons are are interested in in retaining him, you know, I think it's it's possible that they extend him this summer. Uh, with with, I know they have a lot of cap space, and I know it wouldn't kick in until the year after, so that necessarily doesn't matter. But I think Detroit would kind of like to figure out where he fits. Uh, moving forward and I, I think if they do want to keep him I know there was some speculation uh, at the end of the trade deadline that the Pistons could still move him uh, this summer around the draft on draft day that was something that Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN also mentioned um, so I'm not saying that that's out of the realm of possibility that could very much still happen I mean there's you know 13-14 games left in the season so things can happen things can change what and I think it, kind of like Mitchell Robinson, where the Pistons end up in the draft could impact this as well. I mean, if they end up 
with a Jabari Smith or a Paulo Bencaro, and they have Sadiq Bey, who they probably are intending to build with moving forward, does that make someone like Jeremy Grant a little bit more expendable, or do you find a way to make it work and, and try out different lineups and stagger players? I mean, just off the top of my head, do you try something with Kate at the one and Sadiq at the two, and then you have Jeremy Grant, you have your Jabari Smith or your Bancaro or even your Chet Holmgren and, and try that out. I mean, I just think that wherever the Pistons end up is, is just like Mitchell Robinson going to impact uh, their mindset with, with Jeremy Grant. And uh, I think it's a lot easier to see this team building uh, with Jeremy Grant and trying to extend him if they land you know, outside of the top three or, or, you know, maybe Jade and Ivy gets into the top three. So, they end up with a forward. Let's say they end up with a guard. It gets a lot easier to build around and build with Jeremy Grant rather than if you get Apollo, a Jabari, a Chet, because then it raises the question of, well, where does this new guy fit in if he's a part of your core? This is a, a top pick, so you obviously have very, very high hopes for him. So he needs to be playing a lot of minutes, and I in, mo- in most cases, he needs to be starting. So... Uh, that's a question that that Detroit's going to have to look at. I, I think uh, Jeremy Grant has earned the right to to continue to to have the opportunity to be a part of this franchise moving forward. Uh, he's played very good basketball post All Star break. I think Dwayne Casey has earned some credit for changing up the offense, and uh, since Jeremy Grant has come back and uh, Kate Cunningham has taken control of the basketball basketball more, they're running the majority of their offense through him. And that's allowed Jeremy Grant to become more of a spot up shooter. Get when he's taking those mid range or post up shots, they're better looks for him because he's, he's been more picky about it. The Pistons have not just turned to him and had him come up uh, or come up from one of the boxes down low, come up to the free throw line extended, catch the ball and isolate. They've pretty much eliminated that from their offense outside of here and there throughout the game, which is totally okay. You know, you can give Grant a look or two uh, throughout the game where he does that, but it's become far less common and it's allowed Grant to get easier baskets, allow him to be an athletic finisher at the rim and allow him to shoot from outside the arc. That's how you maximize a player like Jeremy Grant and Dwayne Casey's stylistic changes to the offense, uh, putting the ball firmly in Kate Cunningham's hands more has really helped and Jeremy Grant's also making a really impressive impact on the defensive end as well and I don't want that to get overlooked because there was a lot of talk about his drop off defensively uh, last season and even at the beginning of this season and part of my thought process was always that look if a player has to if a player like Grant who was a defensive stud in Denver was a third fourth option offensively then becomes the number one option on offense on another team, his defensive intensity is obviously going to drop a little bit. Uh, you know, he's not in that upper echelon of a Kawhi Leonard or a, a Paul George, where you can be a top scoring option on your team and still be in the top 10 upper echelon of the wing defenders, perimeter defenders. And so Grant taking a little bit more of a backseat, even though he's still scoring around the same number of points and his efficiency just from field goal and three-point percentage has remained relatively the same, 
he's made a lot greater of an impact defensively. His rebounding has gone up a little bit. His rim protection is much more noticeable. He had a very, very nice defensive play against Bama to bio, meeting him at the rim and blocking him in Detroit's loss against the Miami Heat. But Grant is really playing good basketball. I think he's earned the right to be a part of this roster moving forward if the Pistons and Grant decide that's what the, they would like to do. And I think the fit is is there. You know, we saw the Pistons. I know they have now lost four in a row. But before that, when they were six, won six of their last ten or whatever it was, we saw Cade, Sadiq, and Jeremy leading the Pistons every night. Those three guys were getting it. And then you lost Isaiah Stewart. Then you didn't have Cade Cunningham against Miami. Sadiq Bay has gone into a shooting slump that isn't on anyone but Sadiq Bay. I mean, that was something that was talked about at the beginning of the season was, oh, Sadiq Bay and Jeremy Grant can't play together. Look at Sadiq Bay's numbers. And, you know, I always thought that was unfair to just put that on Jeremy Grant and not put that on the actual player that's struggling. And I think we're seeing that, you know, now in this little bit of a, a, a rough stretch for Sadiq Bay shooting-wise, it's not on – Jeremy Grant, you know, all the opportunities are there for Bay. He's just right now, he's just missing shots. And credit to Bay, he's found other ways to impact the game. He's, he's rebounding. Uh, you know, he's become a little bit more of a facilitator as he waits for that shot to come back to him. But Jeremy Grant has been very, very stable post-All-Star break. Uh, and I think he's, he's, he's the type of guy that the Pistons should want to have on their roster. Athletic wings that can space the floor and defend on the perimeter and play help side rim protection. Jeremy Grant's that kind of guy. Teams need those kind of guys, and that's why he was one of the most sought-after names uh, at the trade deadline, and it's why he's going to be a sought-after name again this summer. The teams are going to want him, and the Pistons are going to have to make a decision on whether they, whether or not they want to build with Grant moving forward. Jeremy Grant, in the 11 games since the All-Star break, he's been averaging 19 points, 3.5 boards, 2 assists per game. On 43% shooting, he's shooting 34.8%. From deep, um, look. I agree. I I think in terms of making a move in the off season, the Pistons are going to have to you know that they're going to be faced with the opportunity to trade him again. Um, they're going to be faced with the opportunity to uh, extend him. And at the end of the day, that's going to be a turning point for the season. If they get overwhelmed by some team uh, for him, then you know he's he's probably going to be dealt. That's the smart thing to do um, when you're a rebuilding team is to maximize your assets. Uh, he has played a lot better. The defense has definitely picked up um, considerably. It, it was very apparent in the first half of the year that he was not quite there uh, defensively on the court, nearly as, as, as much as we're used to. Um, but the Pistons did win five out of seven at one point out of the break. They have lost four in a row, like you said. Grant had to take on a little bit more of the offense with Kate out against the Miami Heat. He responded by putting up 22 points on um, eight for 20 shooting. So, you know, it's clear that his role is not as the primary score facilitator anymore, like it was last year when he was the only guy on the court that really had an idea of what you know he was going to do in isolation or, or whatnot. So, um, It'll be very interesting once we get closer to free agency in the draft, seeing what um, seeing what uh, offers come in for him, um, seeing what teams are willing to give up, uh, you know. But also how he finishes out the rest of the season as well is going to impact 
what teams offer. So it's it's going to be an interesting watch down down the end of the uh, down the end of the season here. And if those post All Star game or All Star break numbers are a little bit skewed. He did start seven of thirty in those first two games against the Cavs uh, and the Boston Celtics. So he came out of the gate cold. He proceeded to shoot quite a bit better the next, well, really the next like five games. He, he shot considerably better from the floor and uh, three out of, or really four out of five of those were, were wins. So uh, he does have a role on this team for sure. And, you know, I think that the Pistons would be wise to at least consider um, a contract extension. So I'm really just glad he's playing better. Um, we talked about Jeremy Grant endlessly leading up to the trading deadline. So um, it's nice to be talking about more positive things um, heading into a, an off season where the Pistons are looking to have a really high end lottery uh, pick and hopefully the last real game changer. And Jasper and I talked about, I think it was the podcast where you were out. Um, this will be my last question. Then we'll get into our last topic, which is March madness. Is this the last time? Is this the last lottery that the Pistons should be picking top five? Like if the Pistons are picking top five in the lottery next draft, it, would that be a bad, I mean, that's a bad sign, right? Yeah. Unless. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about a roster with Kate Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, as of now, Jeremy Grant and adding a top five pick, uh, that's just there's no excuse for next year for them to be another lottery team or you know a top five pick unless they somehow got super lucky in the lottery and you know they missed out on the playoffs and somehow jumped from 12 or 13 into the top five somehow but no this is a team that needs to take that next step next season and you know we've kind of seen the the blueprint of that since the all-star break they've become a lot more competitive they're not getting blown out anymore they're winning more games um, but they're just not all the way there yet. It doesn't help that they're also dealing with a bunch of different injuries right now. Um, but this is a team that next year should absolutely be out of the top five. They should be competing uh, for, for a play-in, for a playoff spot. Kate Cunningham is a phenomenal player. He's already shown he's yep. the best player on, on this roster, and he's capable of leading the team to wins. He needs more talent around him. He needs healthy Jeremy Grant. He needs Sadiq, Sadiq Bay. He needs another guard to play with. He needs springy bigs like Marvin Bagley to play with. And the team needs more shooting. And the Pistons have the ability to address that this offseason. They have a top pick and they have a ton of cap space. There's just really no excuse for them to, to go back uh, to the top five of the lottery. And if they do, it's definitely disappointing and it's a cause for concern. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what Jasper and I felt. We we both thought, yeah, there's no way the Pistons should be one of the worst four or five teams in the league again next year. Maybe one of the like four worst teams. I think if they're looking at that, then that means Dwayne Casey's probably not the head coach anymore. It means that Troy Weaver's seat is not lukewarm. It's 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 hot. Um and, and that's not a good sign for a young team that's trying to get its footing is to be back in the lottery again. Um, so, yeah. Okay. All right. I just wanted your thoughts on that. So you had mentioned top pick. We'll be watching all of the top picks uh, the next couple of weeks here with, with March Madness. I know I filled out my bracket. It's like I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's extraordinarily chalky and that worries me 
a lot because I'm going to get busted like I did with with Ohio State and Oral Roberts that one year. That was a disaster. I feel like every time I pick Michigan State, they lose to a team like Little Rock, Arkansas, or whatever. I think that was a 15-2 that I lost a few years ago. So chalky brackets just worry me. Um, who are some teams that you like in particular um, in this in this bracket? I've got a few off the top of my head as well, but I will let you go first. Okay, yeah, I really like Tennessee. Um, they have a good mix of, of guard play. They have veterans across the roster. They won their conference tournament. They have a, a lot of quality wins across the board this season. Uh, so they're a team that I very, very much like. They can score inside and out. They play incredibly tough defensively. Um, so I do very much like them. I also, you know, it's a one seed, so you know, I can't say, oh, I'm super, super high on this team. Nobody knows about them. But I really like Arizona as well. Uh, ben Matherin is very, very intriguing to me, not only as a draft prospect, but as a player in this tournament. You know, he's uh, a big, big-time player, and I watched him play – uh, their championship game against UCLA where they went down five at half, could not score the ball in the first half for the life of them, but their defense kept them in it. And in the second half, they found their groove on the offensive end and, you know, swung, swung the game by 13 points in the second half, ended up winning by eight against a very tough UCLA seed who has a four seed, you know, they're going to be competitive in their own right. I don't, I think I have them at least in the sweet 16 in all my brackets, but I think I have them in the final four in one of them, or at least the elite eight. I do too. Um, uh, I think I have them in the elite eight. I, I know I have them beating Baylor. Okay. Yeah. I think I might have that in, in one of my brackets. You know, I got different buddies that do different bracket pools. Right. So you got to do two <laughs> or three brackets instead of just doing one. And, you know, so you, I try to mix it up a little bit since I'm doing different pools and, uh, but I, I really like Arizona. I really like Tennessee, uh, a team that I, I don't think is going to win at all, but I think could go on a run in the tournament is Iowa. Keegan Murray's been playing very good basketball. They really found their groove in the tournament, in the Big Ten tournament, and a couple bounces, you know, go d- the different way, and they end up winning that game and, and getting to, uh, you know, getting further in the tournament. That was an insane game. Yeah, I mean, they played a heck of a game. Indiana. And I don't know. I mean, I, I really like Keegan Murray, and I think Iowa has a ton of experience. They have shooters. Uh, I think they're a team that, that can really cause some damage. Uh, those are probably three of my favorite teams. Like I said, I don't think Iowa has the juice to win at all, but I think Arizona and Tennessee both could 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 uh, be champions. But I think uh, if if I had to pick a champion, I'm picking between Gonzaga or Arizona. Yeah, I, I've got Arizona and Gonzaga in the two brackets I currently have. I have to fill out one more before tomorrow at noon, so I'll be watching these couple games here. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I like Arizona a lot. I like UCLA a lot. I do like Iowa. I, I'm a little nervous because they also had a very good player last year in Luca Garza, and that did not translate entirely. Um, player of the year, Luca Garza. Um so I, I, I do like them. The easiest, the easiest uh, upsets for me are South Coast State against Rich or against um, Providence. I have the Jackrabbits winning. Uh, Loyola over Ohio State's easiest uh, upset, the 7-10. Um, and I think I have 
Indiana or I have Rutgers beating Alabama. That's an 11-6 upset as well. So to me, those are the easiest ones. All of those teams are kind of iffy. Providence can get slogged down on offense. Alabama has been so up and down the entire year. So I, I am not too high on them. Um, I was really tempted to pick Chattanooga over Illinois, but I'm not gutsy enough to do that. And that'll probably come back to bite me. Chattanooga's offense is apparently other, otherworldly, um, really strong. Um, and, uh, you know, the Big Ten always kind of worries me in terms of basketball. Oh, I also have Michigan beating Colorado. To me, that's another easy, easy upset. Um, U of M getting in there. Uh, for all you Michigan fans out there, <laughs> uh, I picked the Wolverines. See, as, as someone that uh, at least used to consider himself a Wolverine fan, I do not have them winning, especially with the news that Devontae Jones is going to be out. So I'm picking Colorado in that, but I'll let you continue. That's okay. Um, you know, there are just some teams that are harder to bet against when it comes to, uh, when it comes to um, tournament time, like how Butler almost beat Providence, I think, in the first round of the Big East tournament. I thought, oh, well, here comes Butler. Once again, it's tournament time. That means Butler is uh, you know, going to make a run, or VCU is one of those teams. Michigan is also one of those teams. You know, they just, they just play well. They're well coached, I think. I mean, People are a little bit down on Juwan Howard, but I, I still think that's a good team. And Hunter Dickinson is still there. And, uh, you know, he could be the best player on the court any game. And I think that has to factor in. And, that, you know, March is when some of these bigger names come out and they make their presence felt. I kind of have that same feeling with Duke. Like Duke could easily do that too with Paolo, but I just don't trust them to get past the Sweet 16 either. Um, so... And any other teams that you like or don't like or some players that you're going to be watching in particular, like I, I am going to be watching other than Chet and Paolo um, and Jabari Smith. And, you know, and I'll be probably watching Jade Ivey quite a bit because I, I do like him potentially if the Pistons fall out of the top three. Um, but any other teams or players that you are going to be watching? Yeah. Uh, ben Matherin in Arizona. I really like him. Uh, he can shoot the ball and is a very athletic finisher inside. Uh, Lash Jackson of Detroit Bad Boys kind of compared him to, as a Hamanu Diallo with a jump shot, and that is a player that is very, very – That's a complete player. Um, so I'm definitely going to be watching him closely. I've watched Arizona a handful of times throughout the season, so I do like him. Uh, I, I have not watched a ton of Wisconsin, and a lot of my buddies really like Johnny Davis, so uh, I'm going to try to watch them. Uh, and, and see how Davis plays. He can can score the ball very well. That I do know that, but haven't watched him a ton. So definitely excited to see him. Uh, what's nice is that you know this year probably the the first ten to twelve guys that are going to be picked in either the draft they're all in the tournament. Um, you know I don't I don't know how common that is, but there's also usually one or two guys from overseas that are top draft picks, and that's really doesn't look like it's going to be the case this year. So all these guys are going to be playing in this tournament. So you're going to have so many games that have NBA prospects, first round draft picks in them. There's going to be so much talent to watch that, you know, it's that March Madness is fun to watch. as just a basketball fan and a college basketball viewer, but as an NBA person, you also get that added benefit of getting to watch these guys that are going to be playing in the NBA next year. So there's, you know, you can go down the entire bracket and there's so many games that are, you know, you can circle and watch because 
there are going to be guys that are playing in the NBA next yep. year. Um, so I'm really excited, but definitely want to get a closer look, look at Jaden Ivey, Johnny Davis, Ben Matherin, um, and AJ Griffin too. I like AJ Griffin as well. I know he's a, another guy that's really flown up draft boards lately, but I like him as well for Duke. And I do agree. Duke is a team that, you know, they could get bounced super early or they could make a very deep run. And you know, I don't know if their conference tournament necessarily instilled a lot of confidence in them making a big run, but they could flip the switch and figure things out. And they just have the talent to do that. So uh, definitely going to be watching them as well. Yes, lots of players to watch, lots of teams to watch. Like I said, I think this is really tough. It's a tough year to pick. There's a lot of teams that kind of faltered throughout the year. There's a lot of teams that got red hot, like Virginia Tech. Um, I have them beating Texas because I will ride the momentum wave. Um, they win the conference tournament, they're in 11 seed. That tells me that they were probably not going to make the tournament had they not won the AC tournament. So pretty, pretty crazy. Um Aaron, any, any last thoughts before we go ahead and wrap up here? No, I mean, absolutely excited for, for March Madness to begin, but uh, keep in mind that there's one NBA game on Thursday night, and that is your <laughs> oh, Pistons right. taking on the Orlando Magic in a tank fest. Kate Cunningham is, as of uh, our recording on Wednesday night, questionable to play uh, with an illness, but you know there will still be a large contingent of people, myself included, who will be watching that game Thursday night instead of watching some of the opening round match matchups of March Madness. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, there will be just, five you know, people watching that. And I'll be one that, of them. Uh, <laughs> and I'll be, be one of them. But There will be dozens of people watching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yes, that's true. They get the primetime matchup there on Thursday against the Orlando Magic. So uh, we hope that um, – You'll be tuning in to that. We have at least spurred your interest in watching the Pistons a little bit as, you know, as disappointing as the season is. They, you still get to watch arguably the rookie of the year in Cape Cunningham. So um, we look forward to talking about him and Jeremy Grant and the rest of the team uh, in, in, you know, the last couple of weeks here of the season. And, all, you know, before you know it, we'll be talking lottery stuff and um, it, it will be here a lot faster than we think. Um, I say this every week for the past three weeks, but I need to start to really watch college players a little bit more closely. And now I get the perfect opportunity to do that. Um, and you will as well. And we hope that if you are going to be watching any March Madness and want to consider placing any bets down, that you go ahead and use our sponsor for this week. That's Bet Online. Again, you can head on over to the website, your mobile device, sign up today and get your 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit using the promo code BLEAV. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts and the game's going to be starting awfully soon. So for Aaron Johnson, my name is Mike Angelano. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Palace of the Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.